Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to yet another week of All Things Reconsidered. I am Brandon, and joining me as always is Joseph. What's Joe up, guys? Yes. How are you? I'm doing pretty okay. Pretty good. Yesterday yeah. was fun. Uh, news has been stressful lately. Yep, just a little bit. A lot, lot of horrible things happening over um, over by... Across the sea. By Russia and Ukraine. But uh, in my own personal life, yeah, things are, things are fine. I'm good. Yeah, what about you? What's new with you? Oh, I don't know. I know what's new with you. There is something new with me, there actually. There's something very new with Ladies you. Ladies and gentlemen. Tell the world. I am. Uh, I started a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Brandon started a new podcast. That's different than this one. Um, it's called 1-900-NERDY-TALK, available <laughs> on iTunes and Spotify. That was nerdy talk. Nerdy. Nerdy. Get your minds out of the gutter. <laughs> um, kind of the same feel of all things reconsidered. Me and a couple of my friends from church, uh, Jansen and Jordan have a group chat where we talk about nerdy things, you know, uh, movie releases, Disney Plus shows, Marvel, Disney, Harry Potter, all, all of the things. And we decided we wanted to make a podcast about it. Yeah. So uh, we did. So we will drop a link down below where you can go and listen to the episode one of one nine hundred Nerdy Talk where we talk about how we would fix the book of Boba Fett. Nice, nice. So check that out. That's that's cool though that you guys are doing that. Yeah. And I have other time. other podcast ideas that you won't be you've been floating around. Oh yeah. Um, yep. so it's exciting. So follow, keep a lookout for new things from Brandon and his own little podcasting ventures that I'm not a part of. Correct. And that's okay. <laughs> we were talking to, I was talking to a Pastor Cole yeah, the other day, yeah. and uh, me and my wife are thinking about doing a podcast. I'm mm-hmm. um, just talking about like marriage and whatnot, like being millennials who are married because we're coming up on our seventh anniversary. And uh, he's like, How many podcasts are you going to have? Like, are you just going to be a professional podcaster? I'm like, Why not? That's the goal. <laughs> yeah, why not? That'd be really cool. Like getting paid just to talk into a microphone about things. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's fun. It's, it's a lot of fun. But, uh, we today have something a little not fun to have to get into. No. Um, today's episode is going to be focused on the situation happening with Russia and Ukraine. We're going to talk about the sin that is going on over there, the sin of war. Right. And the sin of being a Christian and yet somehow supporting wars. Right. And we're also going to talk about, um, well, we're going to try to do our best to uh, quell any rapture anxieties. Because yes. let's be honest, even for us who have deconstructed the rapture and end times, it's hard not to like go into almost like PTSD about it because of these kind of relevant topics. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I I haven't believed in the rapture in years. Sure. But when. Russia attacks Ukraine and people are pulling out verses in Ezekiel about Gog and Magog and they're acting all like sure of themselves. Right. Like, I don't believe it. And I know, oh, that's dispensationalism. I don't believe it. But like, it can still bring up the feelings of anxiety to rise back up. Yeah. And and, because that stuff is ingrained deep. And so I know a lot of people have been dealing with that. I think if you follow our podcast, you're probably... Deacon, like you're probably of that type of Christian that was once a rapture believer, right? Because it, it's kind of it's it's almost like a niche inside the Christian world. Like not yeah. every type of Christian was raised that way, right? But if you follow our show, there's a good chance you were, right? Because we talk about it a lot, <laughs> um, and so we we just want to make sure we address that. Yeah. Um. So not a very exciting or silly topic today. Yeah. But uh, it's important, I think. But before we do, um, me and Joey, uh, back in December beginning of the year area, mm-hmm. we talked about being better about following the Christian calendar. We sure did. And uh, and we said that 
two we- uh, almost an entire month after missing the first event on the Christian calendar. <laughs> and I made a promise to myself that we were not going to miss the next one. Yeah. And the next one was Epiphany. Yep. And we, we nailed it. We, we talked about it a little bit. We did. We a did. A little bit. There's another one coming up soon, yes, yes. Joey. Mm-hmm. We have Lent swiftly arriving. We do. So this episode is coming out on uh, February 28th. Yeah. Lent starts March 1st. No, March Mar- 2nd. March yeah. 2nd. I'm the sorry. Wednesday after this episode. Correct. Yeah. Yep. So two days after this episode. Um, Tuesday being March 1st is Shrove Tuesday, also mm-hmm. known as Fat Tuesday, also known as Mardi Gras. Ooh. And uh, there's some exciting things that are going to be happening on March 1st, Joey. Yeah, yeah. Um, we will be doing a live stream mm-hmm. on TikTok and the YouTube. Yeah, we're going to try to do both. We're going to try to do both. Um, it may be one or the other, so make sure that you're following all of our social pages. Yeah. Um, where we're going to make some pancakes <laughs> and talk about Shrove Tuesday and Mardi Gras and eat pancakes because yeah. it's a little known fact that I'll get into. And also, we are planning on launching our website for our merch on March 1st. Yes, merch on March 1st. Merch on March 1st. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Super excited about it. We'll have t-shirts and hats and phone Let's cases. Say, I got my merch on March 1st. And ooh. here's my t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> That's not, it's not one of our products. No, it's, it's not. Totally. It should be, though. I, I will say, uh, speaking of the uh, merch, um, if anybody has any ideas of what we can do merch-wise, yeah, send them let, on let us know. Because like right now, we, just, we put our logo on a few things. But right. like, I want to get more creative ideas of like in jokes right. or things that we've said. If there are funny things that we have said, like yeah. tell us that you'd love to have that on a shirt. And we'll put it on a shirt for you. I'll put it on a shirt. I'll put it on anything. Heck yeah. Yeah. I'm going to get one of the beanies for sure. Yeah. We're going to have dad hats and I'm very excited about it. Yeah. So you're the dad hat kind of guy. I'm the beanie kind of guy. ATR dad hat. Yeah. It's going to be good. So look out for that. Yes. Um, but yeah. Yeah. So this Lent though is, is our first time ever doing Lent. Yes, it is. And so it's a whole new experience for us. Right. Um, and, and that's going to be really interesting. What are you, what are you hoping to, uh, to gain from, from this first time doing Lent? Honestly, for me, this is very much a, just like connecting myself to, a part of my faith that I've always rejected in the name of liturgical legalism Mm. and saying, oh, I'm not that kind of Christian. I'm a passionate Holy Ghost believing Christian. I don't have to observe Lent. Right. Like that's for those like legalistic Catholics and all that stuff. And so this is very much a almost reclaiming of part of that orthodoxy that I've rejected for so long. In the name of being holier than thou. For sure. Yeah, it's things like this that um, has been speaking to me lately because it's like a a way to participate in my faith in a way that I've never participated before. Right. Um, I think being raised non-denominational or or Assemblies of God like I was, um, you kind of get into this routine of what is the Christian expression. It's like what we do every Sunday how we talk, how we dress, all these are the Christian expression. But then right. when you deconstruct all that stuff, you're left kind of like, well, how do I express what I Yeah, believe? exactly. It's like, I, I know I'm still, like, I still like Jesus. I, I still right. believe in the things Jesus taught, and I want to live like him. But I don't want to express my faith through these old ways because I don't really believe or feel that way anymore. Right. So Lent, at least for me, it's like one of those new not new, but new for me (laughs) (laughs) kind of ways of, of articulating where I'm at spiritually yet without, you know, looking like the assemblies of God. Right. Yeah. And, uh, me and Michaela are actually going to be picking up a copy of unvarnished Jesus Mm -hmm. by, uh, Pastor Brian Zahn, who we had on the show and, uh, keep an eye out. 
Yeah. He's coming back. He is coming back. And uh, we plan on going through that together uh, daily through Lent. So excited to kind of get into that book as well. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be fun. And and maybe halfway through or at the end of Lent, we'll we'll give an update on what we gained from it, what it meant for us. Um, it's, It's going to be... Um, I think really eye-opening because not only uh, it, it's not just about Lent it's also what is happening to in my life and I think in yours with right. prayer which we kind of talked about in not the last episode but whichever one before that yeah we got into um, being spirit led being spirit led and and how that's affected our prayer life how how we're finding more of a connection with like the book of common prayers rather right. than and and lent will be a great way to daily get into the routine of that and i don't know i think it's just going to be like a washing machine you know for my brain yeah kind of washing out some of the lingering stuff from assemblies of god and non-denominational that i'm just not into and replacing it with a really solid and and just fresh for me kind of religious right. experience yeah so. and um i also think this is very important and this kind of pushes us into, you know, our main topic of the episode is um, it'll give us a fresh perspective as to Jesus's time in the wilderness mm-hmm. um, because that's what Lent is supposed to be signifying was Jesus's right. 40 days fasting in the desert before he was tempted. And that's leading into Holy Week um, right. whenever Jesus is, you know, crucified, Good Friday, all that. But we'll, Easter. Right. We'll get into <laughs> that, you know, further on into Lent. Um but the whole point of the wilderness is for Jesus to be suffering, you know, like he gets baptized in the Jordan and comes out and goes into the wilderness. And that's mirroring, you know, the children of Israel coming out of the wilderness and being baptized through the Red Sea and mm-hmm. then going into the promised land. Jesus is leaving the promised land through the Jordan River and going into the wilderness. Yeah. Okay. And so this is Jesus submerging himself in human suffering. Yeah. And this is a... It's a terrible time, but this is a it's an opportunity for Christians to really understand the heart of Lent of suffering with other people. Mm-hmm. And that kind of goes into what we're going to talk about today with the Russian Ukraine is we as Christians have a responsibility to suffer with Ukraine. Yes. You know, like this is more than about praying for peace in Ukraine, which of course we should be doing 100%. Yeah. But it is also just like taking time out and saying, you know, to our Ukrainian brothers and sisters, and that's just in general, not brothers and sisters in Christ. Like we are all one in Christ, believer, non-believer, to our Ukrainian brothers and sisters, like we are suffering with you today. And that is something that we have to remember. And I believe that Lent is a perfect opportunity to remember that suffering. Absolutely. It's really a scary time that we're living in right now because there's there's... You know, Russia invading Ukraine, and of course, there's lots of talk about the potential of this leading into World, World War Three. Yeah, and and you know, I think hopefully it's more likely not going to get into that extreme of, right. of World War Three breaking out, but it very much is something on people's mind and a, a possibility. Yeah, um, and it's it's a scary time, but. What it was to me when when I first started watching like the news breaking about the Ukrainian and um, Ukraine being invaded, the first thing that came to mind was that this is sin. This is like the clearest picture of what sin is. Yeah. Um. So ju- just to to get started in this conversation, I think it might be interesting to dive into sin itself and like where w- what we think it is. Sure. Because uh, the reason why I say this is because, um. Just a few 
days before the invasion happened, I got on Facebook and I saw a pretty prominent Christian leader that is just somewhat in like the circle that we're in, not like a part of our church, but just right. like people that we know of. And um, they were po- they were talking about a new movie that came out and made this whole post about how it is sinful to watch this movie because it has too many um, kissing scenes. Too, too many smooches. Too many smooches for a, a good Christian boy to have on his TV. Right. Um, and, and so the movie was Redeeming Love. Now, if you haven't heard of it... Which is pretty <laughs> much... A, like that is a actively Christian movie. Yeah, like it, it's a Christian allegory, right? About, a, but but it's 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 like not it's an the story of Christian Hosea. Movie. Yeah, yeah. And, and so there's there is like like makeout scenes and things like that, but it's only PG thirteen. It's not like right. it's Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah, we're not talking like <laughs> you know pornography. Yeah, it, it's a PG thirteen movie. I think the makeout scenes are like probably more tame than the Notebook. Okay. Right. But this Christian leader was was adamant that, that if be, you're a bird, I'm a bird. Sorry, that's a that's a notebook reference. I'm continue. <laughs> I'm <laughs> this, so sorry. This Christian leader was boasting about how like you should not watch this because it's sinful and you're letting things into your home when you put this on your TV screen. Right. And you're inviting this into your marriage when you watch, you know, the sexual stuff, I, I guess. I'd love to invite. <laughs> <laughs> But but they were they were they apparently were not into it uh, right. in that way because because yes. they were saying it's very sinful, um, and then just a few days so so I see this person talking about how it's a sin to watch this movie and then a few days later this invasion happens and I thought no this is what sin is <laughs> we are so hung up over these little insignificant things and we call them sin you know things like like the number of cuss words in a movie right or or, or you know things like like the relationships that people get into I mean we we, we find little things the words people use music people like and we say that's sinful yeah but meanwhile actual horrible crimes are happening that the church has very little to say about right and that a lot of times the church is even actively involved in yeah and yet they don't want you to look at any of that real sin they want you to hyper analyze your own little behaviors that they think are slightly out of place right and so we we end up just looking at the smallest things trying to be perfect christians trying to correct here and there while the world is burning right and and, and we have nothing to say about it, nothing to do to help anyone, because we're just still focused on, well, I wore a Led Zeppelin shirt on a TikTok and got in oh, trouble for God. it. You know what I mean? It's just, it's that kind of stuff that bothers me to yeah. no end. And I start, I, I really feel like um, one of the reasons that they do this, that they focus on these littler things, is because it's just an easy way for Christians to propel themselves up as like this holy example of how Christians should be yeah. because I can look at all these behaviors that I don't do and I can criticize you for those behaviors. And since it doesn't affect me, I'm, I look great, but you know, don't, don't look at anything else that I'm supporting. Cause when we start deconstructing uh, our faith, yeah. um, we, we start to rethink certain behaviors that we were told were sinful. Like I went to a church where they were expecting us to not watch any movie that had GD. Sure. In it. Right. Yep. Be, and so if you got, even if you were two hours into the movie, if they dropped one use of that word, you, you expected to turn it off. In fact, they were so extreme that they said that any movie that contains even the, the like alluding to sex happened. Mm-hmm. Like he, there was one time where the pastor literally said, and I remember this vividly because I thought it was so ridiculous. He literally said to the to the entire crowd, he was like, "Let's say you're watching a movie and a couple starts making out, and then they like fall onto the bed together, and then like the cuts to it, it cuts to black and it moves on to the next scene. That 
is enough to turn it off because it alluded to the fact that those characters were about to have sex. Even though it happened off camera, that should turn it off. And so I was like, so like any movie with children in it, is that enough? Because I deluded that their parents must have had sex for them to exist, right? Yeah, but that was <laughs> sex within marriage. Uh, right, sure, sure. But my, my point is I just I was raised in a very strict way sure. of looking at this where, where you're constantly looking for sin. But this person who posted this, I know, supported avidly Donald Trump. And it's not about being a Republican. That's not, it's not just, oh, I'm mad that they're a Republican. It's the fact that you can support someone who continued, as did Democrat presidents too, sure. continued our constant useless American wars that, that we should not be a part of, continued the war machine, and not only that, but continue to like lock kids up in cages, separate them from their parents, they continue to, to encourage violence right. across the seas, and to, to stand with that and think that's, that's fine, and then, oh, don't worry, I'm still a good Christian because I don't watch Redeeming Love. Right. It's like, what do you think is the bigger problem here? That, that, you, that you might watch a movie with two couples kissing in it? Or that you voted for something that led to further war and death and destruction. Which is the bigger consequence? So here's the problem to me is we, let's be honest, we don't care about sin. Mm -hmm. Okay? Like, I want to address the elephant in the room. Like, we, like, a lot of evangelical Christianity does not genuinely care about sin. Mm -hmm. We care about behavior modification. Yeah, that's what we care about. Mm -hmm. That's why we point to the big things like homosexuality. If you know, if you believe that that's a sin, um, that's why we point to um, promiscuous or yeah, being promiscuous outside of the marriage bed. That's why we point to bad language. Mm -hmm. If you believe that that's a sin, you know, it, we point to all these things that are very outward facing. We can control this is a problem. You need to do X, Y, and Z mm -hmm. now because you are no longer in the will of God because you are taking these actions. Yeah, yeah. Jesus comes on the scene and rebukes that entire mentality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's what we miss as Christians in, you know, in America right now is we are so caught up on the action sins that we forget the mindset sins. Totally. And so Jesus is so about caring for the least of these. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when you stop caring about the least of these, you are in sin. I would argue that you are in sin. Yeah. Because to me, sin is anything that makes me look less like God. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the big ones. So we'll talk about adultery. Yes, adultery is a sin in my eyes because you are destroying a covenant that you made with another person. And that's something that God would never do. Mm -hmm. Okay? Mm -hmm. um, war is a sin. Yes. It is. Mm -hmm. Because we are hurting those we are called to protect. Yeah. The problem is, is we don't see it that way anymore because our mentality as Americans is, well, they're hurting people. Or, well, they don't believe the same way that we do. Mm -hmm. Or we have to protect ourselves. We have to protect our interests. Yeah. And yes, I understand as a political power, you have to protect your interests. And like, I think that's where we need to learn how to separate our policies from our religion and how we have to learn to separate our Americanism from our Christianity. Yeah. They do not go together. They do not mix. Nationalism and Christianity are oil and water. Mm -hmm. They do not mix. Yes. And so whenever we sit here and say, this is what God wants, 
we need to enter this war so we can do the work of God. You have now sold your soul out to nationalism and not Christianity. Exactly. I, I really think we need to ask ourselves what we think sin is. Like, what comes to mind when you hear the word sin? Right. If what comes to mind is things like watching a movie with bad words in it or teenagers dating while they're in youth group, if that's what comes to mind, then we're missing it. Yeah. What is sin is what Russia's doing to Ukraine right now. Yeah. What is sin is it's when an oppressive power is hurting other people is is oppressing and, and when there's injustice and when when there's violence that's sin right and yet the church has gone and convinced us that we need to be more focused on these behaviors and these little things that are minor and don't have any consequence while we ignore real things when, when we refuse to call out pastors who are abusive to their people right or we, we refuse to acknowledge and repent for systemic racism right or we even vote for people who are perpetuating unnecessary wars and supporting wars like the christian right did with the iraq war right when we're doing all of that but then still think that we're holy because we don't watch a certain movie we've completely missed it yeah when we refuse to acknowledge the absolute atrocities going on in the ukraine mm-hmm but we have no problem posting about how we're going to Mardi Gras yeah. to reach out to those who are sinning. Mm-hmm. We have missed the point. Absolutely. It's just frustrating to me how a lot of the times it's like, I guess one way to put it, it's like Christians will shout about the sin of secular music, but then have nothing to say about systemic racism. Right. We'll be loud about Pokemon and then silent about war. Right. It's like maybe we are missing something here, but I don't think this was an accident. I think it was intentional. I think there are some Christians who benefit from certain sins that our nation does. Yeah. For instance, white Christians absolutely benefit from loss of systemic racism in this country. Right. So why would I call out that sin that I'm benefiting from? Instead, I'll just call out something that doesn't affect me at all, like, oh, you happen to like this band. I'm going to correct you for that. Right. That way it doesn't affect me. It doesn't cause any change in me. When I call out sinful behaviors, that doesn't cost anything of me. It right. doesn't. It doesn't cost me anything to make a post critiquing you for for what you're into. Right. But you know what would be costly? Calling out my own political party. Right. For the things that they do, that would be costly. Yeah. How about calling out my own denomination for the things that they do that are sinful? That would be costly. If I had to look in at myself and ask myself, how am I benefiting from from systemic racism or from the the, the sins that our nation does? If I had to do that, that might actually lead to real change. That might actually be actual repenting. Right. But we don't want to repent. And here's one of the problems too: is we don't look like Jesus unless we call out the issues within our own. Mm-hmm. Like, circle. Yeah. Because Jesus says, if the world hates you, don't worry, they hated me first. Yeah. And we look at that as the secular world. Mm-hmm. The secular world aren't the ones who killed Jesus. <laughs> They're the ones who love Jesus. Yeah. They're the ones weeping at the tomb. Yeah, I mean, Rome kind of only mostly did it because the crowd wanted them to. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Rome... And the religious leaders crucified Jesus because they were tired of him talking about them. Yeah. The Pharisees could not stand Jesus calling them out around every corner. Mm -hmm. And when we spend so much time protecting our, you know, protecting political leaders and religious leaders. Yeah. In to the, to the harm 
of the marginalized, we are no longer doing the work of Jesus. Exactly. When our focus is taken off of the marginalized and the people who are being oppressed by people in power, we're missing it. Because Jesus' message was exactly that, especially in Luke, and then reiterated again all throughout Acts. But Luke, in particular, out of all four Gospels, really highlighted Jesus' focus on the lowly being brought up. Right. And those with power who are abusing their power being made low. Yep. I mean, if you read Luke, you will see that again and again and again. Starting with, like, the song that Mary sings, um, all the way to what Jesus preaches in the temple, to what, what is said at his baptism. I mean, repeatedly, again and again, he's bringing up this motif of, of those who are being oppressed being exalted. Right. A whole turning upside down the whole world system. Right. So our focus as Christians has to be on correcting the injustices. But when we're so convinced that the real sin is these little things, we are of no use to the world. Right. Real sin, what is sin? Sin is uh, oppressing people. It's debt slavery. It's racism. It's injustice and violence. And what really bothers me, Brandon, is when people then look at people like us, deconstructing Christians, if you want to still use that term, I know the terms are being debated and all that, yeah. fine. Uh, I'm personally fine with the term progressive Christian. I don't know if you are, but that's okay. But whatever you want to call us... I don't like people, labels. Like, yeah. I don't like. I don't feel the need to have a label. I just want to look like Jesus. Yeah. Like, I, that is my label. I feel that. But whatever you do want to call us, a lot of times people look at us as deconstructing Christians and will say, well, they just want an excuse to sin. Right. What drives me insane about that is that it's not that I want to sin. It's that I noticed the sin going on in the church that you're okay with. Right. And it ticked me off. Okay. If anything, I am more against sin now than I ever have been. Yeah. I just simply don't look at a movie that says the F word as sin. I look at war as sin and I'm pissed off about it. Right. And the fact that many in the Christian right have supported wars is exactly the kind of sin I'm talking about. That's making me not want to be associated with you anymore. It's not because I want to sin. It's because your sin pisses me off and I don't want to be a part of it. Right. If we begin to look at sin on this bigger scale instead of micro scale, like if we we look at it a large scale of the evils in the world that that leads to people harming each other, right? And the things that governments do to overpower people without any without any power at all. If we look at sin on that scale, we can actually get behind this a movement to correct these things. Yeah. But when we hyper analyze these little micro things that we do, um, we end up just paralyzed and not being any use to the world at all. And I don't want the church to to be like that. I want the church to to be able to make changes where it's really needed so that the world can be made more like heaven. Yeah. I want the church to be a powerful force for good, but, but we're not going to get there if we can't even agree as to what we should be focusing on to, to correct and make more like heaven. Right. And if the focus is on meaningless garbage like getting mad at someone for for you know drinking in their own home you know yeah like like making people feel guilty for having like a beer or something instead of while we meanwhile support war what's the point you yeah know? and to everyone who thinks that joe and i do not believe in hell this is something i want to say what is happening right now the powers and principalities that are enacting this evil onto a suppress onto an oppressed and marginalized people, these powers and principalities are going to be cast into the lake of fire to be destroyed forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you think for one second that I don't believe in hell or the lake of fire or all the things that you always try to quote at me and Joey when we bring these things up, <laughs> we do. 
Yeah. I 100% do. Yeah. And the mentality that enforces these kind of things on other people are going to is going to be the mentalities and the powers and principalities that are going to be cast into the lake of fire to be destroyed forever. Yeah. Do I believe that Vladimir Putin is going to be thrown into the lake of fire? Absolutely not. <laughs> but I do believe the powers and principalities that he is enacting are going to be destroyed forever. Yeah, essentially, um, the, it's like the Satan has always used the same tactics. Yeah. And and tactics of war and oppression, like what Russia is using, is the same tactics of the Satan that he's always used. Or, right. Or that it's always used. Right. Russia will be thrown into the lake of fire to be destroyed. Watch out, everybody. America is going to be thrown into the lake of fire to be destroyed. So when the kingdom of God comes again, whenever Jesus returns, that will be the only thing that matters on the entire face of the planet. Mm -hmm. The entirety of our eschatology has to be built around God's goodness coming and destroying powers and principalities that suppress people. America suppresses people. Russia suppresses people. The Ukraine suppresses people. Everything will be destroyed. So every single human being that has ever lived and will ever live will be able to live in the kingdom of God under the rule and reign of Jesus Christ in a true utopia. Yeah. We're not talking about people being tormented in like a fire. We're no. talking about the systems that that man has created. I'm talking about the systems that torment people yeah. being thrown into the lake of fire. Exactly. And those systems, the, the, the kingdom of God coming and, and, and overpowering these these false kingdoms that we've created that harm people. Yeah. Uh, but, but humans themselves... Uh, we're not talking about them being tormented and destroyed because right. it, your eschatology needs some work. If anywhere in your end times calendar, you have Jesus recruiting an army of humans to go kill other humans. Yeah, it's not going to work. It's it, not going to happen. It, that's, that makes no sense. Every human is an image bearer of God. He's not He's not in the business of getting some Jesus of his image to kill others. against himself. Yeah. Um, so if, if that's a part of your end times calendar, it's just, it needs to be corrected. We, also, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, also, speaking of Jesus coming back, this has nothing to do with the rapture. Mm -hmm. What is going on right now has nothing to do with the end of the world. I know our... and Me and Joey didn't mean to be prophetic when we said <laughs> surviving the end of the world in our last episode. Yeah. But this is not the end of the world. This yeah. is not a sign of the times. I'm sure if you are on Facebook and you are friends with evangelical Christians or conservative Christians, you have probably seen Ezekiel 38 and 39. This has nothing to do with Gog and nothing, Magog. Nothing. Nothing. Like we, like the only connection is that the same evil of the Satan that led to wars back in the Bible is also leading men to commit wars right. today. Right. That's the only connection. Right. But the Bible was not talking about Ukraine or Russia. And I'm sure you're seeing pastors with like, oh, well, you know, these cities in these countries, if mm -hmm. you plot them on a modern day map, it would be this place and it'd be that place. So this is all spelt out. No, you know, it's in not. Daniel, <laughs> there's the four beast and Russia is the bear and it's all lining up and the line with the eagle's wings is America yeah. because we came from Britain and yeah, we have yeah. the No, that has nothing to do with anything that is such a terrible like that's such a terrible
terrible way. Yeah. You know what's really dumb t- about that to me is to that... To read that scripture. We can look at Ezekiel or Daniel and we could say like, oh, well, well, this must represent Russia and this must represent Putin. But yet then we read Revelation and somehow completely miss that like the seven scrolls line up with the seven hills of Rome. Right. It's like, how come you can see Russia, but you can't see Rome when it is right there in Revelation? Like Revelation was him talking about the oppressive empires of his day, which yeah. was Rome, and it's full of imagery that all links perfectly with Rome, yeah, but like, yet we miss all of that and then find America and find, like, George Washington and the Founding Fathers. Yeah. I, I don't understand like how that Daniel happens. Daniel 7 has a lion with eagle's wings in Britain's national, you know, their <laughs> royal animals, the lion, and our national animals, the eagle, and so you put those together, you have a lion with eagle's wings. Oh my God, America's in the Bible. It's like, okay, well, Revelation's about Rome because you have all this imagery, no, no, you, no, it's you, not. you can't, you can't <laughs> add stuff like that to the Bible, man. Yeah. What is up with that? How dare you add things to the Bible? I'll tell you what it is. It, it's being self-centered. Yeah, it's people want to see themselves, and so and so and, the Bible's written about us and for us and to us, and and so we insert ourselves anywhere we can. And if someone else says, actually, that's about an entirely different nation from thousands of years ago, right. and not about you, we get offended because we want to be the center. Yeah, and I'm also going to say something that's probably going to piss people off. Physical Israel and Israel in the Bible are two very different things. Mm. Israel in 2022 and the nation of Israel in the Bible are two very different things now. Oh, yeah. Israel is a nuclear superpower Yeah, in 2022. <laughs> yeah. They are not seven tribes anymore. Yeah. Like, they're, they're, yeah. We, we've got to calm down. And here's, here's something even better. We are Israel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Israel is not like the Israel that the Bible is talking about is not the land. Like, yes, it's the people and we are talking about the land. And yes, the land is described. But the point of Israel and the Bible is the people, mm-hmm. not the political power of Israel. Yeah. And that's something that we keep missing when we say things like stand with Israel is when Israel does things to harm other people, they are just as in the wrong. They were in the wrong back in the Bible when they did harm to other people. <laughs> right. That's why Jesus came and rebuked them for using the sword. I know, I know. So, like, so right now I'm seeing a whole lot of people saying, you know, Russia is making these moves against Ukraine because, you know. They want to get to Israel. They want to get to Israel because Israel's planning on doing these things and we have to stand with Israel. Calm down. Israel is not seven tribes anymore israel is a nuclear powerhouse that oppresses people Mm -hmm. just like everywhere else does yeah that will be thrown into the lake of fire at the end of all things when jesus returns just like everyone else (laughs) don't have to support terrible things happening because israel is doing them yeah and calm down. Everybody needs to calm down. And, and if the I know idea- I'm the one yelling, but everybody needs to calm down. <laughs> and if the idea is to like, oh, we'll say we need to stand with Ukraine, stand with Israel. I agree. We need yes. to stand with any, with anyone uh, against oppressive powers like like Russia right. invading. I don't, I'm not saying we should send troops because any use of war, in my opinion, is is antithetical to the Christian faith. Right. Um, if you're a Christian, you should be anti-war, and yes. it shouldn't have. I shouldn't even have to say that. It should just be natural in your blood. If you're a Christian, you should be against against war. Right. Now people will say, oh, well, you're saying you should be a pacifist. Wouldn't you defend your family? And, and stop. All you're doing when you say things like that is trying to like catch people, you know, trying to, to get them in a corner. Right. Of course, I would defend my family. But yes. what I'm saying is war is... War, warfare of any kind is antithetical to the Christian faith. Yes. And a Christian should not be in, in 
encouraging or in favor of using that. Right. And so when I see people saying that, that we need to go to war with Russia or, the, or who in the past supported the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan, you know, I just, I just want to shake them. Cause I'm like, right. what part of this is Christian? Right. And, and if you, that's why we have people reading violence into the Bible and into like revelation thinking that Jesus is going to come and like recruit an army right? is because we think that Jesus operates in the same violent war kind of way that we do, but he doesn't, his ways are better. Right. And he's coming to show us a better way, not just take our way and do the same thing. Yes. Like that's ridiculous. Right. Um, I, I think that as an anti-war Christian, you should support Ukraine. You should donate to Ukraine. You should call your congressmen or, or senators or, or representatives and, and ask them to, you know, push for more sanctions. Um, but what, what frightens me is the amount of Christians who are um, calling for more bloodshed yep. and some who are even defending Putin. Now, I know— yeah. I know Christians defending Vladimir Putin and defending Russia, it's the minority. It has to be. I'm telling myself that, that that's the minority. It has to be. But it is still a thing. We've seen it. Because I've, he has good conservative values. Yep. I've seen it on Facebook. I've seen there's this trending video of someone who was running for office in Delaware as a Republican, a woman saying that like she agrees with Putin because he has Christian values and that she'd rather have Putin as her leader than Biden. I don't want to live on this planet anymore. I know. And she was saying like, well, well, she was, she was literally saying, she was like, well, Putin is doing what he needs to do for his people. He's doing right by his people. And that's something that should be encouraged. This was someone How? who was People in Russia don't want this to happen. I know. But, but that is an extreme case. I don't want to like target that type of mentality and like assume that all evangelicals are that way. I know that that's, a, that's probably right. a minority, but it is still a thing. And I do want to talk about it. That's obviously horrible. Yes. To, to take Putin's side, to defend Putin. It's like, well, Brian Zahn said it best. Brian Zahn put out a statement saying, like, if you are overlooking a tyrant's warmongering just because he has, quote, conservative values, then you, you're you not a Christian, essentially. Yeah. Like, there's no faith in you because that is completely antithetical to the gospel. Completely. Yeah. Even if you didn't support Putin, ask yourself, did you support it when America was essentially doing what Putin's doing? Right. Did you support... Because there... There has been a lot of military uh, act, action, a lot of invasions, a lot of like trying to topple regimes and, and cause, you know, put in different people in power, a lot of supporting civil wars. America has been involved in these kind of things for, for decades, ever. For, forever, basically. And most of that has been supported by the Christian right. Yeah. And so if you're going to say that it's wrong when Putin does it, but then refuse to look at your own nation, all you're doing is refusing to, to take accountability and to repent for our own sins yeah. while calling out the sin of another person. And that person, yes, he's sinning and that sin needs to be called out. But if you can't look in at what America's doing and call that out too, you're being a hypocrite. Right. And, and you're just more focused on America's image than, than on the image of Christ, right. I think. And now we'll hear the argument, well, don't you believe that America needs to act in its personal interests, you know, blah, 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 blah. As an American, I can say yes. I can understand why America would choose to do these things. Mm -hmm. I can understand why America would choose to get involved in a war if it comes to that. I can understand that. As an American, I can support certain things happening to prevent other things from happening. 
However, we need to learn how to separate our Americanism from our Christianity. So what do you mean by that exactly? Do you mean like, because I've heard you say that a couple of times, and I'm I'm just, like, like clarify that for me. Because, like, do you mean you shouldn't have your Christianity affect the way that, like, you see politics? Or you're saying... I'm saying yes and no. Okay. What frustrates me as Christians is we turn America's wards into jihad. I see. Yeah. So so you're saying, when you say separate your politics from your faith, you're saying stop looking at us at America as being, like... Like Jesus Correct. in the Bible. Okay. So it's like, you know, if America decides to get involved in this, I can understand why they would choose to do that mm-hmm. as an American. However, I'm not going to look at that decision and say, this is what God wants. Right. I see and that is what frustrates me about yeah. the religious right. Yeah. Is whenever we murder thousands of God's image bearers mm-hmm. because we, you know, the war in Iraq, I did not agree with it at all. There was not the weapons there, mm-hmm. nothing. Was it retaliation from 9-11? Yes, 100%. I don't agree with it. Do I understand why America did it? Yes. However, whenever people say, that's what God wanted us to do, mm-hmm. that's what sets me off. Yeah, no, that's completely Because that is not at all what God wanted you to, to do. To say that Jesus wants you to go to war and kill people, I think is, is, is heresy. I mean, yes. I mean, the point, I mean people but, call but us How heretic. often have we heard that? Though? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. That we are doing God's work. Mm-hmm. Like we are doing what we need to do so we can remain a free country to worship God. God wouldn't want America to fall to Russia. God wouldn't want this. Leave God out of it. <laughs> Leave God out of it. I can understand if you are protecting your national interests. I can understand if you're doing that. Mm-hmm. Be honest about it. Yeah. Be honest about it. Yeah. I'm not going to say you support war, but I can understand why you make that decision. But do not. Mm-hmm. And this frustrated me so bad because I heard President Biden say this. I heard it from Trump. I heard it from Bush. Mm-hmm. I heard it from Obama. I've heard it from Biden. There was something going on where there was some sort of conflict happening. And Biden said, I'm so proud of our military. Because, you know, they hear those words. Yeah. Who will go? And they say, here I am. Send me. It's like, how dare you use the Bible? Yeah, and, and it happens all over the world. I mean, Brian Zahn pointed out one time, I was listening to him preach, and he pointed out one time where he saw a video of a Russian, um, a um, Eastern Orthodox, like, Russian priest yeah. who was anointing Russian tanks with oil. Yeah. And, and and so it's like it happens all over the Christian world. Yes. Um, and and it, it's disgusting Every time. Right. Like, Jesus is not anointing tanks. The Bible literally has prophecies about the days when swords will be turned into plowshares. Right. And, and and in our way of looking at it, it'd be like saying tanks being turned into tractors. Right. And so that's what his job, that's what his yes. mission is. You know, what does, how does God feel about this war? Is he saying, okay, American troops, come on, boys, get ready, we're going in. Right. No, he, what his opinion is, is that those tanks need to be turned into tractors. Right. That's his entire opinion yes. about this war. Right. He wants what is best for humanity, for humans' good, so that we can be more like him and live in peace and joy yep. and in the spirit. And that does not involve war ever right. period i think that a lot of christians 
um, have a, a support ingrained within them. I say American Christians, really. Sure. Have the, uh, deep within them a tendency to side with American war and to agree with, with using war, and that is ungodly, and it right. needs to be repented for and rooted out. That is actual sin. Yeah. You know, when we were talking about sin earlier, you know, this is what sin is. It's, it's oppressive powers harming people, and it's injustice going on without being corrected. That is sin. And right. we need to focus on that. Um, but what, what we end up doing a lot of times is we just think it's about the end of the world. And yep. so we get into our end of the world hysteria. And I know a lot of people with what's going on in Ukraine, um, that, that end of the world hysteria, that, that rapture anxiety has been bubbling back up. Yeah. So I think we just need to take a minute to re-look at the rapture just briefly yep. and just kind of remind people who might be having that anxiety that we're all going to be okay. Yeah. Um, which we've talked about the rapture. We've talked about this a lot more in depth yeah. in other episodes. So go back and, you know, and listen to those that we talk about it more in depth. This is more just a, this has nothing to do mm-hmm. with the rapture because the rapture as we know it is not a thing. It's not. The rapture is not found anywhere in the Bible. Um, references to it. All, all of them go back to a dream from a eight year old Scottish girl. Yep. That is where the entire theology of the rapture comes yeah, from. Yeah, eight or like fourteen. I've, I've seen the age, I've part. seen the age different in different ways. But but yeah, you're right. But we bring that up because I'm I've seen it on my Facebook. Thankfully, I uh, see it a whole lot less now than I would have before. Mm-hmm. About how this is just a sign of the times. This yeah. is exactly what God was telling us to look out for. One, no, it wasn't. Yeah. Um, you know, this was foretold in the Bible. Two, no, it wasn't. It was not. And. You know, three, Jesus is right around the corner, so make sure that you root out any secret sin because when he comes back, he's going to be upset. And if you think this war is bad, just wait until the war that Jesus wages on the world. Mm-hmm. No, that's like that is not at all what is happening. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's like, look, the rapture, although we were taught it as if it was just fact and as if it was just no questions, this is figured out stuff, the rapture is very new. Yes. I mean, people like 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 Abraham Lincoln and like P.T. Barnum and other people I've looked up in the past. I'm Would trying have to never them heard up. of the rapture. Yeah, they existed and died before this happened. Like it, it's much more new in our history than we realize. Right. Um, a lot of it is just based off of really terrible understanding of scripture where we read it literally and we move it to a dispensationalist model where we think God moves in different seasons. And it's just, it, it has no real scholarly exegesis to support it. Right. And it, it, all it does is it traps us in fear. Yep. Where we think that it can come at any moment and and then we end up being useless to the world because we're just looking for the end. Right. Um, the verses that support the rapture are misunderstood yep. by people who, who think they see the rapture in not it. Not talking about the rapture. It's not talking about the rapture at all. I mean, the, the verse about the trumpet sounding and we rise up to see Jesus in the air. Uh, first of all, that verse was Paul mirroring an Old Testament account. Yep. So Paul, you know, you, you, everyone knows the verses like there will be smoke and there will be a trumpet and we will rise up to meet the Lord. What he was actually doing is he was referencing the story of Moses when he went up Mount Sinai because if you read them side by side, you'll see the exact Almost same exact, the same, exact yeah. same wording. It talks about rising up to meet the Lord and there being a trumpet blast and, and smoke. And so it, it he's... Basically mirroring that with Moses getting the Ten Commandments to say that Jesus 
is better than Moses right. and that Jesus is better than the law. Right. He's, he was making comparison there. He was not being literal. The other thing he was doing was referencing a Roman custom called Perusia, which had nothing to do with America or Russia. No. It has nothing to do with 21st century lives. Nope. It was a Roman custom to leave your town to welcome in the emperor as he was returning from victory. Right. And so he was using that to base that motif that people would be familiar with to make a metaphorical statement about us welcoming Jesus. Right. He wasn't talking about us literally leaving the earth. Yeah. And that's the same with every other verse that people use. I won't go into all of them because we're trying to keep this brief. Yeah. But and there's only ver- like maybe four. Yeah. Or three. And every single one has been misread that exact same way to support the rapture. It is not a word that appears in the Bible. Right. It, 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 it's, it's, not, it's not a thing. Right. And so the but world is again, we believe that Jesus is coming back. Yeah. Just because we do not believe in the rapture does not mean that we do not believe in the second coming of Jesus. They are two very different things. One of them is fake, the rapture. <laughs> One of them is real, the second coming of Jesus. And and I and also on top of that, I don't even think that it's happening soon. No. I don't think I honestly don't believe we are close to the end of human history. Joey, if I you think, think for one second that God would come before February twenty second, two hundred <laughs> or two thousand two hundred twenty two <laughs> as the penultimate Taco Tuesday. <laughs> I'm walking away. <laughs> right. What's the point? I'm walking away. It's ruined. But it, it's true, though. I, I honestly think that we are closer. We are more within reach of the beginning of, of human history right now yeah. than we are within reach of the end. Yes. I think we're going to be around for a long time. So if Russia invading Ukraine mm-hmm. is not a sign of the end times, if it's not a sign of the rapture happening, if it's not the end of the world, what is it? It is another clear example of the very sin in this world that Jesus came to address and that he expects the church to stand against. Right. That is it. It is sin. It is evil. And as Christians, we need to call it out and we need need to demand justice and we need to vote for people who will not perpetuate that sinful system of war. That is all it is. It is an opportunity for us to help people in need by supporting those who are hurt, letting in refugees if they need help. You know, This is a chance for the church to be the bride of Christ. Exactly. It is not something that says, oh, well, here we go. End's right. coming. That's not what it is. It is sin. And, and it and is the kind of sin that we are supposed to be doing something about. Let's talk about this imagery too for a second, okay? We talk about, you know, the church being the bride of Christ and, you know, Jesus being the bridegroom who's going to come back for his, you know, for his bride. Mm-hmm. Joey, could you imagine, okay, before you come to get Valerie, mm-hmm. you know, say there are cameras everywhere and like you can just check in on her, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay. And she sees someone being tortured. And she looks at it and goes, oh, thank God. That means Joey's coming soon. <laughs> and does absolutely nothing about it. Yeah. It's disgusting. It's like... That's what we do. Imagine seeing someone being harmed Mm -hmm. and you getting joy out of that because you think, oh, perfect. That means the love of my life is on the way. This person being injured and harmed and brutalized. Yeah. I'm going to go hide out in my corner and I'm going to rejoice and be excited and make sure I'm good because that means I'm I'm about to be whisked away. Yeah. You're a terrible person. You are not being the bride of Christ. Yeah, you're not doing anything good for anyone. You're not. You're not bringing heaven to earth. And, and you're absolutely right, Brandon. Like, like, well put. Because 
when Christians get so caught up in this is what God wanted to happen, we don't do anything about it. We right. don't do anything to help. I mean, when Christians look at an event like Russia invading Ukraine and just think of it as another sign of Jesus' coming, we are we paralyze ourselves from doing anything actually helpful for anyone. Because instead of looking at it and saying we need to help those people, we just say, oh, well, this must have been on God's to-do list of what he needed to do to come back. And... and I just, what kind of God put something like that on his to-do list? You know, right, yeah, what kind exactly. of God is like, okay, we've got to make sure we set the scene right. So how many people need to be murdered? Let's make sure we hit that target. <laughs> yeah, like, it, right. It, it, it's ridiculous. And I do want to bring up, you know, talking about that comparison that I brought up. I don't think the church should support war. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I don't think we should celebrate it as a sign for the times either. Exactly. The church doesn't have to move in violence against people to do the correct thing. Yeah. What the church needs to do is offer, yes, keep praying for Ukraine, but also offer actual support, financial, yeah, you know, emotional. Like we need to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And Jesus, just like the woman caught in the act of adultery thrown into the dirt, would get down into the dirt, get down into the dirt and support those people. Yeah. Like find ways to support the efforts in Ukraine, find ways to support the people of Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's lots of charities you can give to. Yeah. That don't just hide in the corner and say, oh man, this is a sign that Jesus is coming back. Mm-hmm. Ukraine, you better get ready. Like, Buckle you know, up. you think this is bad. You think this is bad. Just wait till Jesus comes back. I'm like, oh, it's ridiculous. I think that um, exactly what you're saying. We need to support them. We need to help them. And why is it that Christians look at the Bible as this code to break about the end of the world and, and, and then find things like Russia invading Ukraine in the Bible? I think it's because we like to tell ourselves that the Bible is this, you know, miraculous book that was talking about events thousands of years into the future. Because if that is true, if the Bible really was talking about America and Ukraine and Russia, that means the Bible is miraculous. Right. Because it was written thousands of years ago, yet somehow was talking about the future. And so people like that because that's their way of proving their faith. Right. And in the world of doubt and questions and like science making you doubt creationism or making, you know, people like people feel stupid for believing against evolution. At least we have this proof quote unquote, right. where it's like, well, you can't discredit this. The Bible was talking about the future. Therefore, the Bible is miraculous. Therefore, God is real. And therefore, my faith is valid. Right. And so we we base our faith off of this like proof because apparently just basing our faith off of the teachings of Jesus is is not enough for us. We yeah. need something something deeper that we can like defend it with. Right. And I would ask, I think we should ask ourselves, why is that? Why do we think we need a bloody and violent like future (laughs) and and present in order to somehow validate a faith that is supposed to be against bloody and violent events. It kind of makes no sense. And here's the thing too, is we are super selfish as human beings. It's a very, you know, it's what we do. Mm -hmm. Like we are selfish. Yeah. We have to fight to be selfless. Like Mm -hmm. that's why Paul calls it out in the love chapter. Yeah. Love is not Mm self-serving. Like love is not selfish. Yeah. And so we look at the Bible and we want to find ourselves in it. Mm -hmm. Like we want to, we want the Bible to be about us. And I hate to tell you, the Bible's not about you. It's not. The Bible is for you. 100%. 100%. The Bible's not about you. Yeah. Okay. And here, and here's why 
is Christians forever have thought that the Bible was about them. Whenever Jesus said that he was going to be returning, the disciples thought he meant like tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Like they were preparing for Jesus to come back. That's why when you read Revelations and you read all of these things, it's written in very much a this is about to happen kind of way. Yep. If you think for one second that first century Jews didn't think that the book of Revelation was about them, you're wrong. If yeah. you think for one second that sixth century Jews didn't think that the book of Revelation was about them, you're wrong. If you didn't think that Christians in the 1700s thought that the book of Revelations was about them, right. You're wrong. We have always thought that the Bible is about us. Mm-hmm. The Bible is not about us. Yeah. It is for us. It is for us because, like you're saying, it, it may not be about us, but it has things to say for us that, that we can apply to our situations. Because even though it's not about America and Russia... It's about it, the human condition. It's about the human condition. It's about the evil, the, the, the phenomenon of evil that causes and leads to oppressive powers right. harming people. And it's about humans being led by the spirit to bring heaven to earth by standing up against those injustices. Right. And so we can take that and apply it to us. But to say like this is about us and the end is coming, I think is to completely miss the point. They're going to think the same thing a thousand years from now. Yeah. When they're reading a poorly tra- a poorly translated from, <laughs> from Hebrew to Greek to German to English to whatever the future language is going to be. Latin was thrown in there somewhere, too. Latin's thrown in there somewhere. Yeah. They're going to read a terrible translation of the Bible and think that it is about them. Yeah. And we're going to keep doing that until Jesus finally comes back. I also think it's frustrating when people have to be reminded of why Ukraine matters and is important. Yeah. There's this trending post that keeps getting shared around this like copy and paste thing yep. of like, why does Ukraine matter? It's well, a here's large why. land mass yeah. with like such a large population per square inch and like all the renewable resources and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Why know why Ukraine matters is because the image and likeness of God walks among that land every single day. Exactly. That is why Ukraine it's matters. It's human lives being killed. You think, and this post is listing all these things. It's like, Literally, it's like they're number fourth in the world with production of chicken eggs and they're number five in cheese production. Yeah. Well, great for Ukraine. That's not why it matters. Right. Like if I needed to be told that they're number five in the world for cheese production to give a care oh, about we'll them support being murdered, the war then. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get over there and fix this. Yeah, they got the cheese. They got the cheese. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. You should not need that to care about human lives. No. You should, as a Christian, by default, be against anything that destroys the image of God. Right. And anything that harms other people. Yep. And that means you do not defend Putin like some of the really crazy Christians are. And even if you are against him, you have to also be against it when your own nation does it. You yep. have to live that. You have to not just say that it's wrong when Russia invades, but you have to look at your own political party, your own nation, and, and carry that out here as well. Right. And say that you are not going to support anything that harms the image of God, period. And this is not and about being liberal because war is the kind of issue that both liberals, both Republicans and Democrats need to change. Yes. On. So 100%. this is not a pitch to be a Democrat. Like, be a Democrat. We're anti-war. No, Democrats no, have they been, love war. The Democrats love war just as much as Republicans do. That's why I'm not saying, yes, I vote liberal, but that doesn't mean that I look at the Dem- Democrat Party as like the salvation of the world. Right. And where, like, you know, 
a utopia is going to be created. I don't look at it as like a source of salvation. It's just I want to be involved in the political landscape, so I vote one or the other. Right. And that's one for me that feels closer. But the, to say that any party is the party of Jesus is wrong. My point is, this isn't a pitch to be a Democrat. It's a pitch as to be, if you're a Christian, to be against war right. and to stand up for, for what's good for humanity. Also, to the Christians supporting Putin because he has good values, Paul also <laughs> had good values when he was murdering Christians before he encountered Jesus. Yeah. So good conservative values are a terrible way to judge if you are doing the right thing yeah. because Paul felt like he was doing the right thing when he went and slaughtered Christians. Yeah. And Oh my God, I don't like when Christians use violence in, in as an example or as like an answer for, for this kind of thing. Cause I've even seen Christians not who support Putin like you bring up, but Christians who are, are supporting Ukraine. Mm-hmm. And so they, they, they get on, on the internet and they say, well, Ukraine has X amount of, evangelical Christians living in their borders. We have to go and defend those Christians. And so we're calling on Biden to send in the missiles and send in the airplanes. It's like, first of all, it tells a lot about you that you would just specifically want to defend the Christians in Ukraine and not just, you know, all the people of Ukraine. Like I saw a post where it's like, remember, we have to be praying for the people in Ukraine. Yeah. That are believers. And I'm like, no, let's just stop at pray for the people of Ukraine. Yeah, just stop there. But but, but to, to, if your response as a Christian is like, okay, first thing on our list, first thing we're going to try is bombs. It's right. like, read the Bible again. Get more acquainted with Jesus and who he is. Because if the, if the character, if the life of Jesus is really something that you are trying to lead your life by and something that's really deeply in you, then bombs are not going to be the first thing you reach for right. when, when you have to respond to a crisis. Yep. Um, so this is why it takes repentance. And it's why I'm referring to it as sin. Right. And, and um, if you are not... You know, if you're living in a different nation other than Russia and Ukraine, you can still be involved by helping with different um, charities that you can support. And um, just by spreading the word that uh, this isn't the end of the world. Yep. Do your part in helping people who are scared right now. Yep. People are terrified. Christians are terrified of the rapture and end of the world. And even people who aren't Christians are still scared of World War Three. because why wouldn't you be? Right. So... Do your part to help people who are scared and, and comfort them and let them know that Holy Spirit, no matter what happens, Holy Spirit is our comforter. Yep. And he's with us and, and we're going to survive this and that this is not the end of the world. It is just another example of horrible sin. The very sin that Jesus is calling on us to stand against and that he is coming to correct. Yep. Because we believe in a God, we have hope in a God who is coming to make all things right, all things new. Right. And to correct every wrong. And that includes this wrong. Yep. So keep your hope in that God. The God not coming to recruit you to join a war, but the God coming to end the war with peace. The God who will bring justice to injustice. Yes. Not the justice of God is not punitive. Mm-hmm. He is not coming to bring justice to harm people. Yeah. He is coming to bring justice to the injustices of people who were harmed. Exactly. So put your faith and your hope in a God who is coming to make all wrong things right, not a God who is coming to lead us in battle. Right. And and when we do that, we can comfort each other and make it through this very scary time. Yep. Joe, you got anything else for the uh, episode? Uh, John Hackey. Don't touch it. Leave it alone. John Haggy. Leave it alone. Shut up. <laughs> Jensen Franklin. Perry. Don't. 
Perry Stone, you ought to not even be given a microphone anymore. Let's be honest. Don't. Don't do I know you want to do it. Stop. Don't it. do it. Stop it, guys. You know, because you Pat know, Robertson, just who, go to bed. Who taught you how to use just, the internet? Just go to bed. <laughs> just go take a nap. Like, you've done enough. You don't have to do it anymore. Yeah. Just go to sleep. Guys, stop scaring people about the end of the world and the rapture. And for the love of God, stop supporting violence and war. Stop. Both of those things, you're spreading fear and you are encouraging violence. And both of those things are antichrist. Yes. That is it for this episode of All Things Are Considered. Yes. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe to the YouTube channel down below. Like the video, share it with a friend. And if you are so inclined, join our Patreon. Patreon.com slash All Things Reconsidered. We have a Discord server that is growing day by day. Um, day by day. A lot of the rapture fear conversation that we uh, that we had too kind of spawned from conversations that we were having in our Discord. It's true. Of people seeing, you know, more stuff about being the rap- about the rapture being brought up. So we figured that that would be a good topic to bring up on the podcast. It's true. So make sure you join the Discord so you can talk to us and we can take your thoughts and claim them as our own. <laughs> yes. Our, our patrons uh, who, who are active in the Discord uh, they they help us a lot in coming oh, yeah. with topics, even more than they might realize. Yeah. But also, I want to point out, Brandon, you just blew right past my epic, random DC Talk cover there of Day by Day. Joe, I would have never known that that was DC Talk. How are you on a podcast about Christian culture and you don't recognize Day by Day by DC Talk when it is exe- just just perfectly executed? I, I, um, I'm going to have to put out a video <laughs> apologizing like Joey <laughs> yeah. did. So stay tuned for that. Stay tuned for Brandon's apology. Um, tune in Tuesday whenever me and Joey make pancakes, talk about Shrove Tuesday, and uh, check out our merch whenever it drops. Yeah, merch is coming. It's coming. You'll see it soon. I'm getting myself a beanie. We're going to have beanies and mugs. Mugs and shirts and iPhone hoodies. cases. Okay. You know, I might even do a Samsung case. What? For wild. Wild. Wild man. Again, that's all. You don't have to listen anymore. If you've listened this long, (laughs) go be with your family. Goodbye. Hold a loved one close. Have a wonderful evening. See you guys. We'll see you later.